ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's good? We are here, and this is the August 30th, 2021 episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. I am your host, James Belt, the leader of the Boxing Source on social media. Uh, you can catch us through Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and also through YouTube. And uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast uh, through iTunes or Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio. We got like a few things that we're going to cover here in this particular uh, episode. This is uh, titled uh, Paul versus Whitley Reaction. Um, And, you know, we have that plus, you know, other news that have been floating around the boxing world uh, as, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, kind of like talk about – you know, the aftermath of this thing here between uh, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, kind of like uh, see that, you know, the live, you know, when it was going on live, there was a good amount of feedback uh, going on, you know, uh, for this particular matchup, man. Um, yeah, I know it was. Uh, something that you know, folks called a exhibition of sorts, but it wasn't quite an exhibition if it was, uh, you know, cleared by the state athletic commissions. Uh, this was a you know fight that was approved by the Ohio State Athletic Commission, uh, so it goes in as a professional fight. Um, this is you know not much different than you know when uh, you had Floyd Mayweather taking on Conor McGregor, and that was, you know, approved by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. So, um, you know, this uh, here was uh, something that, you know, I guess a few people were kind of like uh, expecting. Uh, I know that the boxing world, you had like people that have covered boxing for a while, you know, say like, oh, man, this is not good. This is, you know, pretty much a disgrace for boxing and this and that and the third. But we're going to, you know, kind of like go over uh, that and uh, reactions to it um, because, you know, looking at this thing here, man, I mean, watching that thing, you know, you seen that there was a good amount of, you know, crowd interaction uh, with something that, you know, Jake Paul and his um, team, you know, did along with Showtime, Showtime, uh, you know, kind of like uh, gave the uh, green light for it. And, you know, they set up the card to kind of like uh, turn out this way. So um, think about it is, man, um, 
when you have like a sellout crowd over in uh you know, Cleveland, man, I mean they filled up that arena there at the uh Rocket Mortgage uh, Field House or you know, whatever they call these uh, arenas, you know, this week. Um that that was, you know, something uh, good there for um you know the turnout and the support for I guess this uh main event, so to speak. And uh, also that, you know, coming from, you know, people that I've talked with that, you know, were in attendance, like there was a good amount of people that showed up fairly early uh, for this uh, particular fight card, which you kind of don't see that much um, when it comes to these, either these pay-per-views or, you know, um, or, uh, you know, high-profile boxing cards is that, once they have these, uh, you know, five or six or seven fight cards that, you know, they don't necessarily have people uh, showing up until probably the fight before uh, the co-feature bout. And that, you know, after that co-feature bout starts up, that's when people start to, you know, fill themselves in, get their seats and everything like that. Um, before the main event starts, but here, you know, at, over at this uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, man, they, you know, have folks in there, and you kind of like seeing the uh, fight card fill out. You had the, uh, you know, the Charles Conwell, you know, versus Juan Carlos Rubio fight. You had uh, Ivan Baranchek versus Man Montana Love fight, which we'll definitely uh, touch on here. Uh, Tommy Fury versus Anthony Taylor. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then that, that one, uh, Daniel Dubois versus you know Joe Cusimano. Uh, and you know the uh, co feature about here that they had was Amanda Serrano versus Yamalef Mercado. Um, and you know there were like you know people that that you know really supported each you know almost like every one of these particular bouts you know leading up to the main event. Uh, but, you know, we're going to kind of go uh, a little bit backwards here, you know, with this uh, main event, uh, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Uh, of course, he yeah, had Jake Paul, the you know, the social media uh, content creator, millions and millions of followers on social media. Uh, taking up boxing as, you know, been able to have professional fights, uh, you know, since uh, 2020. So uh, he... You know, they were able to go ahead and uh, have this other fight uh, here uh, be approved. So uh, against Tyron Woodley, of course, Tyron Woodley, uh, you know, MMA uh, superstar, uh, you know, Hall of Famer, a very, uh, very decorated guy in UFC. Uh, but, you know, had been in the back end of his, uh, you know, career in mixed martial arts. Had lost, uh, you know, a good amount of fights in mixed martial arts in a row, about four fights in a row. Um, and this was his, you know, first, you know, pretty much his uh, first uh, professional boxing fight. And so, you know, it was something where, you know, I think that people kind of highly favored, uh, you know, Jake in, in, in this one, even with Tyra Whitley, you know, having that decorated mixed martial arts career. Um, but, uh, he went into this uh, particular bout, um, and it was just something that, you know, I, just to, you know, go off with, I mean, I think that people, 
kind of like we're watching it for the entertainment. You've seen the people, um, or the, the celebrities that were there, uh, that were in attendance, including Dave Chappelle, um, you know, that kind of like we're looking at what was going to happen. And the thing about it is, is that I think that people as fans go to these fights to see if somebody's going to get knocked out. And that was kind of like the thing going into this particular uh, match was that let's see if we're going to see if either Jake Paul or Tyron Woodley uh, gets knocked out. Uh, particularly the, with the whole thing with uh, Jake Paul, they were talking about he's knocking out these guys. He, you know, knocked out Nate Robinson, of course, that uh, viral knockout that he had over Nate Robinson. Uh, the thing over Ben Askren, that was a one-round knockout. Uh, but, you know, going up against Tyron Whitley, uh, someone that, you know, kind of like came in there, of course, fully in shape, even though, you know, was uh, up at uh, the quote-unquote cruiserweight uh, weight, weight limit. Um, you know, he was there in shape and everything like that. But uh, this is, you know, somebody there that was coming in at, what, 39 years old or something like that? Yeah, 39 years old. Uh, so it was like 39 years old going up against someone that's like 23 or 24 years old, excuse me. And he was just trying to see if, you know, somebody was going to get knocked out. Uh, but, you know, we didn't necessarily get that, although we almost got a knockdown. Uh, in this particular bout, uh, it will go into um, as you know, Jake Paul kind of like was you know going through emotions, throwing like ones and you know two punch combinations in those first couple of rounds. Um, you know, not necessarily anything where you know we kind of like showcases some actual uh, boxing skill. At least to me, it didn't. You know, I mean, yeah, he's he's put in work. He's been in the gym. Of course, uh, you know, preparing for these particular bouts, but, you know, nothing to the point where you kind of like say, okay, you know, this guy has, you know, enough skill to kind of like get himself through uh, in these, you know, professional ranks, even though, yes, this is still sanctioned as a professional fight. Um, So that's why, you know, you have him matched up against, you know, these guys that don't have any experience uh, in the you know, probably the amateur or professional boxing game. So, like, every every guy that he's fought pretty much had his pro debut or had their first boxing match, period. Uh, so, the same case here with, with Tyron Whitley. Uh, didn't necessarily have the uh, boxing experience, but, you know, had been able to knock out guys in MMA. Um, so, he did have some type of, you know, striking ability. Uh, but, you kind of like seeing uh, that Jake Paul, you know, with his height and reach advantage, he was, you know, throwing a few jabs here and there, keeping uh, Tyron Woodley at bay and whatnot, um, you know, over those first uh, three or four rounds. Uh, but Tyron Woodley didn't uh, seem to have himself in trouble, you know, in those uh, few rounds. Didn't, wasn't really caught with a, you know, good shot uh, in those few rounds. So it looked like he was, you know, continuing to try to, you know, come come forward towards Jake Paul and see what was going to happen with him. Um, see if he was going to, you know, kind of like tire a little bit, which kind of like did happen to a certain extent. And 
then when he was and then when uh, Jake Paul was hired, that's when you know Tom Willie would try to you know go ahead and punch. And that's the thing that he was uh, there doing. He was, you know, trying to get to, you know, trying to get to uh, Jake Paul and and get himself in there. And then uh, when he was throwing punches, he was trying to, you know, catch him with some good shots. And he was able to do that um, within the fourth round. You kind of like seeing that uh, he did set up Jake Paul with a, you know, a lazy jab and then came over with the right that backed up Jake Paul and, of course, you know, sent him to the ropes and, uh, you know, had him, you know, falling back to the ropes. And the ropes did keep him up. And, you know, people didn't, you know, were saying, like, that should have been counted as a knockdown. Uh, but it wasn't. And you kind of like seeing that with uh, that happening, that Tyron Willie kind of, you know, changed the momentum of the fight. I think that, you know, people felt like, you know, Jake Paul had, you know, done enough to win those first uh, few rounds, but that fourth round was a turnaround uh, thing there for Tyron Whitley. He was, you know, definitely getting some good shots in in that particular matchup um, and and did kind of, you know, phase uh, Jake Paul there uh, in that fourth round and that kind of like followed a little bit in the fifth round. He was still still able to catch him with some good shots. I did see a couple of feints from Tyron Whitley that uh, Jake Paul didn't necessarily expect uh, that, you know, Jake Paul got caught with. Um, but, you know, after that, you kind of like seen in the sixth round that, you know, uh, you didn't see much activity there from Tyron Whitley. Um, Jake Paul did, you know, a little bit, which was, you know, enough for him uh, to get himself through that round. And same thing happened in the seventh round. And then it went through, you know, to the eighth round. And the eighth round, it was, you know, just both of those guys trying to get themselves uh, through that particular round and get through the entire fight. So uh, you did just have like a full eight round bout uh, there from, you know, two guys that didn't necessarily go through eight rounds, uh, especially with Tyron Whitley there, 39 years old. His first bout, you know, professionally in a boxing ring, and he, you know, goes through eight rounds, eight rounds, three, you know, three minute rounds, and you know, went through the scorecards, and you had one score of seventy seven, seventy five for Paul, one score of seventy five, uh, or seventy seven, seventy five for Whitley, and one score of seventy eight, seventy four for Jake Paul for Jake Paul to get the win. Uh, you, you, of course, you know about the. Um, stuff that was coming from uh, Tyron Willie uh, after the fight, like he pretty much like did his uh, Adrian Broner impression. Y'all know I beat that boy. Um, and he kind of like said that, yeah, okay, yeah, no, we had a bet, you know, in this fight, you know, kind of like saying, hey, I'll, I'll get the tattoo, but if I get the tattoo, I want to have a rematch. You know what I'm saying? So, um, who knows? I think that it was something where you know he kind of like uh you know, got got himself um riled up after the after the fight. But uh shout uh to those listening in. Uh for those listening in, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe and you know uh if you uh just go ahead and subscribe to the um podcast, you know, whatever way you want to do it. Um but yeah, uh you know like I was saying man, Tyron Whitley 
uh, kind of like had that whole little thing there talking about, yeah, like I know I beat that boy. You know, I had him hurt, had him backing up and all, all types of stuff. But, I mean, for those that were, you know, kind of like watching it live, it kind of like seeing that, you know, it was something where, you know, Tyron Woodley really didn't uh, have enough uh, activity, you know, to kind of like get the overall advantage in the rounds uh, there. You know, kind of like seeing it like as, uh, you know, five rounds to three or whatever it was or something like that. Um, it would have been uh, interesting, though, if he would have had the uh, knockdown scored. Um, if he did have that knockdown scored in the in the in the um, in the uh, scorecards or the rounds that were scored uh, were pretty much consistent, then you would have had like a majority draw, you know, or or like a uh, split draw, you know, because you would have had you know one score of like you know uh, what it would be like a, a, a 77, 74, something like that, or or um, you could have probably had uh, something to the point where you know, we, he, um, Jake Paul would have, you know, lost a point and that could have like swung, you know, swung around like two point round, you know, for, uh, Tyron Woodley. So, uh, he could have probably gotten a, a, a draw on, you know, one of those cards, you know, uh, but that wasn't the case. Um, like I said, uh, Jake Paul, uh, continues his quote unquote undefeated streak or whatnot. Um, you know, they were saying, like, after the fight, like, who was going to go after next. He was talking about, of course, the whole thing about a potential uh, rematch with Tyron Woodley or uh, something there with uh, Tommy Fury, uh, who, you know, is uh, one of those. Uh, 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 he, he's a professional boxer, uh, but, you know, some people know him from, you know, some reality show that, you know, happened a while back to uh, and Tommy Fury, who, you know, was part of this fight card uh, going up against uh, Anthony Taylor. Uh, and he and he was in a four round fight uh, that he won by unanimous decision. So, um, you know, maybe uh, we'll see what happens afterwards when, um, you know, they have all the you know, they have the checkups after the fight. And if he, you know, if Jake Paul gets medically cleared, then, you know, he could probably get himself back in there uh, for another fight. I mean, he's already had two fights uh, here this year. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily see him, you know, probably fighting again this year. Uh, but, you know, going into the next year, he probably might have something uh, going up or going down uh, that could be against, you know, Tommy Fury. I know that you know he had like uh his so his uh so-called hit list on social media uh that did include like a, a Tommy Fury, a Canelo Alvarez, <laughs> a Conor McGregor, and and other and other uh folks like that. Uh but you know it just remains to be seen um you know what happens here with uh Jake Paul. But you know, like I was saying, uh the way that the crowd was uh you know, um, reacting towards the fight. Uh, looked like the crowd in there was uh, enjoying the action. Um, they were really, you know, backing uh, Jake Paul there. Of course, it was like a hometown crowd for uh, Jake Paul. And so they, you know, kind of were uh, supporting uh, Jake there during the fight with uh, against Tyron Woodley. So, um, 
you know, maybe maybe you'll have more fights over there in uh, Cleveland. If you get like a sellout crowd and, you know, you get a sellout crowd um, and a lot of support, then, hey, you probably have something there. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, so, uh, just uh, I think it's, uh, you know, Terrell checking in. He says, like, um, what the Fury fight makes the most sense as yeah, Willie didn't bring a convincing argument with the performance that he had. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't necessarily do that. Um, but you know, when he was uh, landing those shots on Jake Paul, you could see that Jake Paul was affected uh, by those shots. You could see that, but you could also see that you know, Timer Whitley um, didn't necessarily work on quote-unquote, a complete game uh, there, you know, to kind of like uh, try to really do some damage to uh, Jake Paul. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he didn't move his head <laughs> one bit. Um, he, you know, blocked a few shots, but he didn't necessarily, you know, try to set up uh, some good counters unless if he was, like, really close uh, to Jake Paul. Like you know, close quarters, like trying to land to the body and a, a couple of things like that. But you did see some, you know, a couple of good uh, power shots that he was able to land in the fourth round outside of the right hand. He was able to land a, a, an uppercut uh, following that right hand um, that did back up uh, Jake Paul. Uh, but you kind of like seeing that. Um, <laughs> you kind of like seeing that he was uh, kind of trying to, you know, put up the or pump up the crowd after he did uh, hurt, you know, um, after he did hurt Jake Paul, you know. Um, I guess <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that here quite yet. Um, but, you know, either way, man, I, I think that, you know, you kind of like seeing a few people uh, kind of get their uh, entertainment uh, out of this particular fight, you know, so that was the thing about it. I think that, you know, folks were entertained, uh, by this particular matchup and, um, you know, I'm kind of like seeing that, you know, we probably did get a good little bit of a feedback, you know, you know, and, uh, you know, that's kind of like, you know, what, what the thing was about it. Uh, want to get in the guests here to kind of like check in. Uh, to talk about the main event and more, uh, checking in out of you know Atlanta, uh, it's brother Mike. What's going on? What's going on, James? Doing pretty good, man. Just leaving the gym. Oh man, oh, man, man. Jake Paul got you motivated, so you're gonna get him in. Nah, um, man, I, I'm I'm trying to get promoted, so I uh just had a real busy weekend and I just needed to do something to re you know release my testosterone so I came out to hoop man and had some guys out here I'm talking shit to and you know <laughs> I got a sorry team so I got to do everything on the team and they end up beating me because you know I got tired at the end but you know it's just I'm like damn I got to be the one to shoot like wasn't nobody else making shots it was quite disheartening but you win some you lose some I'm gonna get them next time but I got my participation trophy <laughs> so man, good, man. You like you like Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook out the court, man. I mean, I think I scored like we had like ten points. I think I scored eight of them. 
Not because I wanted to, because it just worked out that way. Oh, man. They could buy a bucket. I'm just like, shoot the ball. Somebody make a shot, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, what, what you uh, said about that event, I didn't, I didn't catch your synopsis. I mean, um, I mean um, it looked like, it looked the, like crowd the crowd really enjoyed, really enjoyed it. Enjoyed enjoyed the, uh, Festivity for the main event, but also the main event. Speaking of the main event, they were really supporting Jake Paul there. And Jake did have a little bit of issues there in the fourth round, particularly the fourth round, but nothing to do with having him in some real danger as really didn't really follow up with what he was in the fourth round. So, um, just had Jake Paul. Yeah, um, I guess I'll share my comments that I shared over the chat. His matchmakers are doing a great job, and like I have to put it into perspective. For a young fighter, a young fighter would be fighting right now somebody who like 20 and 20, you know, got a lot of experience, but just isn't that good. So when we see him fight guys that are historically MMA guys and they are not like, you know, true boxers, we can't necessarily be mad at this because he's a young boxer and like this is literally his infancy, you know, and and at this point, unless you like Lomachenko, you fighting guys who aren't that good, which 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 I'm going to go into the MMA guys. How can you be a professional MMA fighter? I get it. MMA, it, like everything, has styles. And a lot of people are jujitsu and wrestling and all this other stuff. But you not, not know how to strike. Woodley did not know how to strike. He didn't know how to box either. Which is why I say kudos to Jake Paul's team for putting him in front of these type of guys. Big names. They, they done did whatever they could do at the top of their sport because they flip people on their head or choke people out. But he much bigger than Conor McGregor, right? Conor McGregor, like 154, somewhere around in there, right? Yeah, but, you know, Whitney yeah, had you know, been, um, was been a former welterweight champion. Okay, so, so uh, Jake Powell was that much bigger than Whitley as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, he uh, is, actually but Willie is but it out to like 189 at the wave. Okay, okay, so so smaller guy versus bigger guy. So at, at least the matchmakers are doing themselves a favor in terms of the, the Jake boys. And, like, I can't even get mad at it, you know? Like, the thing I can say I'm a bit disappointed, you're a professional MMA fighter. And your striking skills are subpar at best. Like, poor. This, this guy wouldn't have lasted against probably the journeyman boxing guy. It, I'm just a bit disappointed. Like, the only thing he had going for him in that fight was his stamina. And he couldn't even use that because he didn't throw his hands. That's the only thing. 
And Jake Paul, literally the only thing he had to do was stay on his back foot and throw one and two shots. And that helped him win majority of the rounds. Woodley might be good in MMA, but picks poor boxer. Picks poor striker. Which is sad. I'll just say that. I mean, let me see. let me not say it's sad. I'm I'm rating him in terms of a boxer, but again, he's a different skill set with a bunch of other skill sets, which means that he ain't that good in boxing. Good matchmaking for Jake Paul. The the guy won a boxing match. He won most rounds. The judge who said that that Woodley won the round was blind. Even like no activity. He landed a couple shots, but the shots he landed, he didn't follow up on. And and then when you started seeing the momentum where his stamina was starting to play a part, what did he do with that? Nothing. He squandered that, that opportunity. Kudos to Jake Paul. I'm disappointed in Woodley. Just as a fighter, I'm disappointed. But Jake Paul better than people give him credit for. He ain't that good, but he better than people give him credit for. He still has to work on a few things in terms of he's an infant boxer, so I, I'm, I'm giving him a, a, a grain of salt. But he still has to work on a few things. Um, it's a few times. The best card was the um, the Baranchik and what's the other dude's name? Montana Love. Love, that's the best fight. The thing that Jake Paul needs to learn is the thing that Montana Love did. Walk your guy into shots. You move, 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 move. He follow, follow, follow. Then you walk him into a shot, which is what Montana Love did. Montana Love is flawed as well, but he's skilled enough to walk people into shots. He's skilled enough to use his speed to throw whatever. And I'm I'm questioning, I'm I'm questioning if Jake Paul was not faster. Then Tyrone Woodley. At least in the first round, it looked that way. Good, good matchmaking for them. Yeah, it did look like it was, uh, you know, something there where he kind of like uh, everything else was was like blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, but I mean, you, you I mean, see there, there in the, the thing. And he didn't, and he didn't even grow. grow. No, he didn't. I, I don't think he knew how to throw. That's that's what I think the problem is. And then when he when he did throw, it looked a few steps above uh, Nate Robinson. Did you see his stance? Like. I'm thinking to myself, if Jake Paul throw either a straight right or uppercut right in between his outspread hands, it's going to be a sad day for him. But Jake Paul throw his shots wide. That's another thing we're going to Hold on. What you saying now? He shot. He has to be able to throw both of those because get people like like um, how um, Rigandow does 
he'll throw those, you know, looping shots, looping shots, but then he'll get you used to, to those looping shots, and then he'll throw one right down the middle, and that's how he break your jaw. Yep. Yep. But, yeah, you Man, it's like, like, you um, see, like, that Paul didn't really Paul have much really technique, technique either. He didn't, but the thing is, did it matter? Did it matter with him fighting a professional fighter? Nah, not really. Not really. I want to see, uh, add in another guest on here. Uh, someone that was, you know, around the area. Uh, I think that was uh, fairly interesting. By this, by this, fighter. Uh, checking in was good. Oh, I'm just listening to y'all. What's up, man? You all right? I agree with him about that. Uh, straight I'm saying you can't criticize uh, Jake Paul the same way you criticize Tyrone Woodley, who is a multi-year professional fighter, a champion. Correct, correct. I'm just disappointed in Tyrone. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, you know, like uh, Terrell was saying, um, you know, through the live chat, like you know, he said, like Willie uh, spent yeah, some time, time under Mayweather's guy was like, like was was talking about. So, like, how do you like, not work you on not this type of stuff? stuff? Um, you know, knowing you that know, you have this yeah, fight coming like, up. Oh, what you were saying? I'm not. I'm not knocking Mayweather. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'm gonna let somebody else talk. It is a. <laughs> I would rather talk about the other fight, the, right. the real fight on the card. <laughs> Whenever we talk about that one, I'll come back in. Who's that? Montana Love. Yeah, like this. I'm feeling like with the Jake Paul fight again. I'm not upset at Jake Paul. I understand. As an infant fighter, you got to do what you got to do. I'm actually proud of him, but why am I wasting my time on this this professional fighter who didn't know how to start? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you on that, man. Because you know, it was just um, you know not not a good look when you have someone that's an actual you know well experienced professional fighter that actually did kind of like have some knockouts in his MMA career, but still wasn't able to do something in order to kind of like say, hey, you could really hurt this kid if you wanted to, and you didn't really do it. But we'll, we'll get back into that, I guess, a later time. I uh, wanted to get into, like I said, uh, to me, the fight of the night. Uh, Montana Love gets having Branchick at 140. Uh, when Montana Love was able to, you know, get himself a uh, seventh round stoppage over Ivan Branchick. You know, Ivan Branchick, former, uh, you know, champ there at 140. But uh, Montana Love was able to, you know, kind of like showcase his skills a little bit, but also uh, show some uh, toughness as well. Uh, being able to drop uh, Ivan Branchick a few times uh, before the end of that seventh round. And then uh, Branchick went to his corner and his corner stopped it. Because, yeah, he was getting, you know, beat up a little bit too much there in that particular uh, round. So, you know, Montana Love has a record now of 16 wins, zero losses, and one draw. Um, he kind of, like, did call out a few uh, top contenders there at the 140-pound division. 
um, that we, you know, we, we may talk about. But uh, overall, he, you know, kind of like did uh, take care of business there against uh, Ivan Branchek. Uh, but uh, wanted to get thoughts on on that particular fight from y'all. Hey man, I was so happy he didn't call out Adrian Broner. <laughs> Try to get a quick Adrian Broner check. I was so happy. But yeah, man, that was that fight was lit. You see when he hit him and uh the first half he hurt Moranchik and he stepped back and <laughs> showboated. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I enjoyed that fight. I enjoyed that fight a lot. And I did a lot for uh Montana's uh profile because I hadn't seen him fight. I didn't even know he had fought like two or three other times this year already. I hadn't even seen him. I didn't even know he had fought. Yeah, but yeah, he's stepping up. He represented. Yeah, that was the thing, too, man. Uh, you know, they, you know, had him on the card, you know, Conwell on the card, a couple of local guys to, you know. Hey, what, what what, was the deal with Conwell? Because you remember if the fight, when the fight was first announced, Conwell uh-huh. was one of the first fighters they announced was on that card. Uh-huh. And he was also scheduled to be on the pay-per-view portion. What happened with that? Why, why did he fight off? Off TV. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there was some type of. I know I they had moved this opponent. I know they had moved this opponent. Yeah, they switched it up, right? They had to switch his opponent, right? Yeah, but I didn't think that would knock him off the off the pay per view portion, off the TV card. Now that that yeah. was disappointing to that because that boy that boy can fight. Yeah. You remember? Cause I went at, <laughs> I went at Lou DeBella on Twitter about not getting Conway no fights. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know what's up with Luda Bella uh, in this thing here with Conwell, but yeah, he yeah he was able to get in this car, but wasn't part of that pay per view portion, which was strange. Um, but I guess they had that in uh, well the Montana Love fight in well they could have they could have had that fight on there on the pay per view at least you know over uh. The Tommy Fury fight, man. Yeah, Fury's only a four rounder. Yeah, Montana uh, Conwell stopped this guy in the second round. That Serrano card, man. I, look, I try to support the women boxing. I don't watch it myself. Right. I don't like to down it, but that that sport, they gonna have to do something about the two minute rounds. They got to make the rounds three minutes. You can't. It's it's a bad product. They hurting themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that was there. That was something about you know that particular fight, man. I mean, that thing went through, you know, full ten rounds, but it was you know two minute rounds, um, and it was like the co-feature belt. And I was like, you know, I knew that you know Amanda Serrano was uh, you know one of the most decorated uh, you know fighters there in women's boxing, um, but you know going up against someone that you know was like coming up and coming up in their weight class and you know you know people would expect her to like outclass uh mercado and and get a stoppage victory but you know she wasn't able to do that and you know those type of fights kind of like drag things out and you know kind of like given you know who you have in the crowd that you know might not have you know attended many boxing matches like i was saying at the beginning sometimes you know you expect knockouts uh, in these fights, and when you don't get these knockouts, then you know people lose interest. So, you know, I kind of like think that the overall, um, you know, momentum of that card kind of like went down a little bit with that particular fight because you, like I said, you had the Baranchek versus Love card, you had 
you know, Dubois versus Kusumano, which was another mismatch. Yeah, which was nothing, you know, a, a first round knockout, but the crowd was into it. You know what I'm saying? It was, it yeah. is what it, it is. What it is. Yeah, the crowd so. was really into it. You know, that everybody that I know that went said that was one of the best crowds they'd have been to in a long time. So, you know, yeah. it show. I know, you know, Ohio is a boxing state. We love boxing here. Yeah. I don't understand why there's not more fights here. We ain't had a fight here since Broner fought, uh, what's his name? Granados. Granados, yeah. That was the last big fight. You know, we had these weekend, these club cars, but that was the last really big fight we had in Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, I mean, you got like, you got places like Cincinnati, you know, Cleveland, Toledo, uh, very Columbus, deep in, Columbus you know, too. So, you know, very deep in boxing history. And when you tell me that you can't, you know, necessarily have, um, you know, high, high, higher profile fight cards or uh, in one of those places in Ohio, you know, like somebody like from a Showtime for a Showtime card or a Fox card or yeah. something like that. Like, if they could especially the best when, when Minneapolis is getting regular cards, yeah, now. that's what I was saying. Yo, I was about to say that. I'm like, yo, how is it that Minneapolis is getting these cards? And you mean to tell me that Ohio can't? Like, how is that possible? You know? Um, but yeah, I think they should be able to have some more uh there. I think it and maybe you know, this particular card kind of like you know gave uh you know, these execs some uh you know, probably like a, a, a spark uh in the, in their in their heads, like hey. Maybe this is a market that we should invest in. Like, if you're gonna have, you know, Atlanta have those couple of fights there with uh, Tank Davis, then yeah. hey, you could have a few cards there for you know other fighters. I mean, I know that yeah, one like, of our guys you you putting you putting Shakur and and uh, yeah yeah Harry in Atlanta where you could put Shakur and Harry in Cincinnati with Duke Reagan on that card. Yep, yep, that's exactly. I mean, you it. got Duke Reagan from Cincinnati. And you got uh, Jared Anderson from Toledo, your two yep. your two big prospects under your under your promotion. And I'm telling you here, Duke is a is a legend. His daddy is a legend. He yeah. is sell out. Duke Duke was sell out by himself. Man, <laughs> you know, man. But I don't know, yeah. man. They don't, man, man. You could have um, you could have that. You could you know have um Albert Bell you know on there too. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know a few other guys. Uh, there that's around that you know um ohio area that could be part of it you know so so that's the thing about it like you you, you i mean build... like the boys last night montana love and charles conwell i mean it's so it's so much talent and so much uh potential you know if somebody would be willing to just put a card on here i don't understand why they won't but i don't get paid for thinking i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, I, but I think that, you know, they should go ahead and, you know, try to do that um, thing for Herring versus Stevenson in Cincinnati. Um, if they, you know, kind of like have who they who they think would be part of that card, just go ahead and, you know, put it in Cincinnati, man. You know? I'm going to tell you a, a good example that was Caleb Plant. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. In, in Nashville. Yep. I remember when they before that card. It was a lot of like hesitation or whatever speculation. I was talking to Jake. He was telling me what was going on behind the scenes. And they, matter of fact, the venue they booked was bigger than what Jake thought he could sell. And I was going to go down 
Yeah, I told Jake, I was like, I'll be down there, but I'm uh, I'm probably wait to the week of to get my tickets. They're going to be cheaper. Man, I wait to the week of. It was sold out. See, so a lot of these cities, man, like Cincinnati, we only got two sports down here, uh, baseball and football. So on a Saturday night, it ain't much to do here. So if it ain't no baseball game or ain't no football game, it's wide open. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, unless in the fall, man, they got you know uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Like you know, this year they yeah. they supposed but, to be you know, most of these most of these people here they still. they more Ohio State fans. They are yeah, Bearcats that's the thing about it. <laughs> yeah, they still they still like OHIO over there, you know. So, uh, you know, outside of that, then yeah, you could have a few cars over in Cincinnati that people attend. But you know, like I said, there with Caleb playing over in Nashville, yeah, that was big, man. Like Mike was. You know, over there, man. He 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 made it over there for that fight against uh, Vincent Diggins, man. And yeah, he said that scene was was popping. Duh, it was. Which surprised the hell out of me because I couldn't get a ticket. <laughs> I, yeah, it was nice. Know. I enjoyed it. Oh, you you went there, Mike? Yeah, yeah. It made me a Caleb Plant fan. Like a, a like that's when I started like truly making sure I watch his fights because yeah. he showed okay, me cool. a lot. Yeah, I remember I was gonna go down there, and but I was gonna wait till that week. And I couldn't even get a ticket. It surprised me that they sold out that venue like that. It was crazy. I couldn't get the ticket I wanted. I wanted the floor seat. Oh yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, I got the uh like level level issue one. Floor seats, I, I I'm I'm against floor seats because you know it ain't the best like, angle. You know what? They are yeah, old, bro. It ain't, it ain't the best angle. Nope. It ain't like like that angle where you like literally parallel just a little bit above the ring on the yeah. level one. Them the risers. Yep. Yeah, I just like I don't know. Yep, the risers; those are really the best seats in the house. Floor seats yeah. are overrated, though. But I can't afford Deontay Wilder's seats there no more. I gotta if I go to his fight now, I gotta go in the nosebleed. So that's why having people get big time. Yeah, yeah. but everybody, everybody uh, that was at that fight last night—that's Cleveland, Cleveland. They, but they known for good sports fans, even yeah. with the Browns. Yeah, they've been, you know, consistent with with that. You know, um, they had their little run there with, uh, you know, the Cavaliers and stuff like that too. So, uh, but you know, they they they'd be loyal for sports, man. They 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 love their sports, you know, over there in Cleveland. So, uh, having something like that with a you know good little venue, um, you know, having some boxing action and and you know some pretty good matchmaking uh, to a certain degree. Um, you know, they were able to, you know, have an enjoyable card there. So uh, I'm looking to see more, you know, over there in Cincinnati, man, and, and see. Uh, I know the casinos pay money, good money to host the fights there. You know, the, you know, but like somebody else was saying yesterday, boxing got to get out of them casinos and spread the fights around. Yeah. You know, I can understand like big, big mega fights like Pacquiao, Spence, Wilder, Fury, you know, I can understand those big mega fights, but like Regular ass fights they throwing it like Taylor versus Ramirez in the casino. That was stupid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, thing is, I mean, I guess Aaron got a real, real beneficial deal there for you know that particular uh, casino, uh, holding those fights there. Um, you know, we did because he had that. And I think he had the inaway fight, and then there was like one other fight, um, where he just had to deal with that particular casino and. He just said, yo, I'm going to just put these fights here and just, you know, throw my hands over it. But, yeah, that yeah. that Ramirez-Hella fight, that shouldn't have been at, at that place, man. I was like, it ain't made no sense to me. 
Or yeah. even like a smaller, like a, even like a piss. I used to live in Pittsburgh a while ago. They are diehard Steelers fans. And then again, they're diehard sports fans. It ain't much to do there on a Saturday night either. Yeah. You know, so you bring, if it ain't no Steelers game or no Pirates game, you bring a fight there, people going to come out. Like my man, uh, Paul Crow, put him there. Yep. Yeah, definitely, man. Like Paul Crow, me, he's out there. You know, uh, I'm well, you're training in Philly right now and all that, but you put him up there in Pittsburgh, that'll, you know, definitely get a, a good amount of support, you know, through that. So, you know, I don't see why they can't, like, have something like that happen. You know, in places like Pittsburgh, like I said, with the, uh, Cleveland before this happened, uh, Toledo. You know, you got to bring it back. To, you got to bring it back to the working class, the working class yeah. cities. Yeah, know? those those are the ones who who would like uh, you know enjoy these fights, man. It's a working class uh, folks. So like, get 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 these uh, fight cards over there in the cities where they're you know where they're really at. You know, so I don't see why they don't you know kind of like do that a little bit more instead of you know having it in places that. You know, people would have to travel to get a, you know, good distance in order to see those fights. Uh, but yeah, overall, I think you know that this card uh, here that they had over in uh, you know Cleveland, yeah, they 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 did a pretty good job in that. And um, you know, I think it's gonna have like uh, what is it like good gate 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 uh, numbers, and uh, we'll see how it does for a paper. I hope so, man. Cause that that benefit us all, man. That benefit the whole. You know the whole area. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, man. So, yo, that that's that's gonna be uh something that I mean I think that you know uh you know probably something that um you know Stephen Espinosa's looking into how those numbers uh you know worked out and say hey maybe you know we can get something going like you said I mean you can have you know either you know on the Showtime side you can have like an Adrian Broner fight there. Uh, you know, with a few people like, you know, Adrian Broner, Robert Easter, um, you know, probably could get, you know, Charles Conwell on there again, uh, you know, been on a situation and, you know, get, like I said, you get a very good turnout for it. Um, who is it? Uh, also, Roche Warren, right? Yeah. Yep. Nuke from here. Yeah. Yeah. So you got Roche Warren, too. And maybe, you know, we had his. Uh, Knockout, quick knockout in this last fight there, second round knockout. Uh, so you have another fight there in that uh, what is that, bantamweight division, or whatnot? Uh, you know, get him back into title contention. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, I think they could make that happen. Yo, and yeah, and, and takes, get things going. It takes a uh, vision, though, man. Take you some vision and for somebody to take a chance, which is hard to find in boxing. Yep, true, true. Um, but you know, kind of like going on this uh, other thing here with uh, Jake Paul, and you know, I think that you know people kind of like reacting to what he's doing, and it, it, it's kind of more into a business versus sport type of thing, because yeah, he's only had like a few fights, uh, a few professional fights, and he's going up against guys that you know, don't have any uh, amateur or professional experience, so to speak. But from the business, you know, aspect of it, he's promoting himself, you know, 24-7. He already had a following before he started this thing. So he just kind of like went from having that social media following and put it into, you know, what they say, yeah. you know, 
his well, fans want to see him fight, so he go fight. It ain't like he's taking away from boxing fans, or you know what I'm saying. I don't understand. Plus, he putting on a lot of he putting a lot of people on. Yeah, which I don't understand. A lot of people that that use it. Look, Regis ain't fought since he fought on Jake's last undercard, right? Yep. Yep. And look at all the people he put on last night. You know, he he. If people claim they love boxing, well, he giving people he giving boxers a chance, an opportunity to shine. And and that's the thing about it. And and uh, kind of like said it with um. You know, years ago when they had the thing for Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor is that, you know, people knew that they were going to watch that fight. So boxers would probably, you know, try to get themselves on to get more exposure and and fans will just, you know, go ahead and see what those other boxers are going to be, you know, doing uh, there in that particular card. And then the same thing here. I mean, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they would have to completely be in the fighters, but at least they get a first chance to watch these guys. So, like the guys like a Montana Love and and the Daniel Dubois and 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 those type of things, they could say like, okay, Daniel Dubois is having another fight. Oh, yo, know, that's the guy that I saw over in Cleveland that did the. All right, so yeah, we could probably see him in, in action again. You know, so so I will see like why uh. You know, other um, quote unquote critics are, you know, against this type of thing when it it gets, you know, people to actually watch something that, you know, maybe they wouldn't have watched if it wasn't uh, Jake Paul on the card, you know. So they should, you know, take everything, you know, how it is. I mean, because you're not going to get, if you don't get the same numbers for like these, you know, bigger fights or whatever it is. That's, you know, not, you know, Jake Paul's fault. He already had the following. So if he's going to have guys, you know, like, or what is it, like 15 million followers on social media or something like that, then he, he'll have a percentage, man, even with like 10%. That's still like 1.5 million people that could possibly be watching him, you know, fight. So that's the thing about it, man. It's like you got, I mean, that's the business part. If you want to get that type, you know, that type of following and, and the money that you feel like you want to get, then you got to get people to be interested in you. And the thing is, is like exactly. these boxers ain't really getting folks interested in them. True, true. And then they disappear. This is my thing. You got to stay active. You got to stay visible. They're not fighting. They go like, like Robert East. I love Robert East Jr. But what have you been doing, man? You ain't fighting. You ain't doing nothing. Nobody is. And 140 is getting hot right now. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, 140 is, is uh, you know, it's been pretty much uh, on fire this year, man. Like, I mean, you yeah, see you it. You got to put your guys. name out there. Yeah. You know? Like, are you, like, is he going to, you know, kind of like get himself into the into the mix there at 140? I don't, I, mean, I don't know. I will hope so. I don't know what he, that's what I'm saying. They disappear. You don't know what's going on. And it's just like, what? Yeah, man. I, yeah, I don't know with him, man. Because, like, man, how many, like, what was it? They had, like, those one fights there with, uh, you know, Gary Antoine Russell and, and the thing there with, um, yeah, like I said, Ivan Baranchek, we just saw Subio Matias with the with the big win, you know. Yeah. Brandon Lee out here getting fights and Regis, Regis Progray. Uh 
Josh Taylor, you know, you gotta put some you gotta put some some uh pressure on these guys. I don't understand what they're doing, just disappearing and doing nothing. I don't get it. What is it? Uh is it paid up fighting uh Hank Lundy or something like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean Hank Lundy getting fights at 140. What's going on? Yo, like it's crazy. But but yeah, you you haven't seen uh Robert Easton Jr. there in action. Yeah, I don't know, man. That that's kind of that's kind of like a thing there, man. But yeah, it's frustrating because he should be shining right now. This, this 140 is hot. Time for you to get your second career. You know, your your second win in your career and do something. But I don't know, man. Yeah, man, and it's it's not a yeah, it's not kind of you know getting um any action there for him. So that that's kind of like a thing that he'll you know definitely have to work on. Um, but the other thing, um, that I wanted to like jump on thing, uh, I think that we're kind of like a, a, a couple days away from probably the most publicized purse bid in boxing history. It's supposed to be September 2nd, <laughs> WBO purse bid, uh, uh, with, uh, Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter. Um, man, I was thinking that it, I, I didn't know if it was going to happen. I, even when the thing was, when the thing uh, was ordered by the WBO, I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, but here, we're, we're like a few days away from it. And I don't know, maybe they're going to actually have the purse bid, but I just, yeah, they're going to have it. Yeah, they're yeah, going to have it. I just thought that they were they were gonna somehow go their separate ways or whatever it is, uh, but yeah, I think that a lot of people are kind of like anticipating this thing here. Um, let's see how it would go, um, and I think this is you know, like this is something where maybe hopefully both parties will probably get you know their biggest uh, biggest purses, man. I'm, I'm saying like yo, if somebody. Put in the bid of ten million, man. Like, yo, go ahead, man. Put in a bid of ten million. You think and it's I, gonna get that high? I hope it does, but I don't think it does. Um, maybe. Uh, oh, probably eight. Maybe eight million. Maybe eight million. I don't but, think it's going over seven. Tell you the truth. I don't think it's going over seven. Yeah, man. Unless somebody come in out of nowhere, I don't think it'll go over seven from uh top rank of PBC. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. If it was those two, yeah, I don't think it would go over seven. Yeah, I don't think it would go over seven either. Um, but that would that would like kind of suck though. But the thing about it is, is like you know, like I was saying in the in the in the previous conversation about you know the the, the thing for the purse bid, um. I didn't think that PBC would kind of like go for it because it would be something to the level of, you know, maybe they would try to have a pay-per-view uh, for it. And I don't think that they would kind of like have or reserve another spot for a pay-per-view, you know, for that particular fight, even though some may say it's pay-per-view worthy, but I don't think they would have, um, you know, enough time to kind of like put that in, you know, given that you have two more, pay-per-views coming up, you know, um, well, at least through Fox. You talking about Wilder and Canelo's? Yeah, yep, yep. So, it's like, how are you gonna, you know, go ahead and have 
you know, another fight like this uh, come up and it would be like a main event level and try to have another pay-per-view for it, you know? So that's kind of like a, uh, that's kind of like a tough uh, thing there for him. And, you know, like I was saying a while ago, it didn't look like PBC was very interested in uh, paying out uh, something to uh, Crawford uh, that wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't completely, that they wouldn't completely control themselves, you know? So I don't know, man. I think it's something where, you know, both parties who they'll enter a bid, um, you know, TGB promotions and top rank uh, will, you know, kind of like put in a uh, or, uh, bid and actually, that could go to you know what you were saying um as far as like the overall price for it is that if one side isn't necessarily um you know that interested in um you know really bidding for the fight that kind of like lowers the overall value for it so that could pretty much like they could pretty much concede the bid over the top rank and top rank whatever they bid would probably end up being the price for it yeah, I think – I don't know who's going to win it. I seem like everybody think PBC is going to win it. I don't know who's going to win it. Can't get a real good read of what top rank wants to do. So I don't know because they've always said this fight ain't worth pay-per-view, but the only way it's going to get pulled off is pay-per-view. Yeah. And the thing um, – other thing, too, is – um. Yeah, I did say the thing with uh, Fox that has two, but you still got ESPN that has, you know, at least one, you know, with the thing with the joint pay-per-view with Wilder Fury. So, um, you don't know if they're going to do another pay-per-view, you know, especially if it's going to be, you know, by the end of the year. So what would they do? Hold it off until December? So you have a purse bid that's in September, and then, you know, um, <laughs> whoever wins, then that fight wouldn't happen until December. And that that you know that doesn't you know really make that much uh, sense there to me. Um, I do know, I do know that Fox and Fox did not want to do a joint pay per view for this fight with. Uh, oh Tom yeah, Rance. yeah, yeah. They definitely don't want to do, do know that. that for a fact. From what I understand, um, them, them bridges ain't really them bridges kind of burnt over that Wilder shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I was. I was going to see about, um, you know, looking for the thing for that uh, document that it had. Cause if, cause usually they have the thing as far as like, um, like what happens after a purse bid, like if it has like, you know, a 60 days or 30 days for them to, you know, have the fight or whatever it is, or for at least to have like a scheduled fight. So, you know, maybe they, they have something else, uh, that that the WBO has that you know works something out to where you know whoever wins that purse bid they have to you know of course they have to put in a percentage towards the you know actual purse to hold for the fight and then they have to you know put in the specifics for the fight to for it to make to take place so um that's the thing there I mean I, I yeah I'm just uh unsure about like how that's gonna you know pull itself off uh there so are you gonna see how that goes as well? Yeah, they did. Did T.O. ever accept that fight? Are they having that fight? Oh uh, man, I ain't even see any updates about it. They did sign those contracts, you know. I did not see anything about Lopez and uh, K. 
Cam Bosa's, uh, you know, signing those contracts because that thing's supposed to be happening. <laughs> what next? It was supposed to be next Tuesday, right? No, I think it got pushed back to October. October 9th? Yeah, October fifth. That's yeah, October. 5th. Yeah, October. 5th. That's what they said, but I never heard anything. I ain't seen To promoting it. I ain't seen nothing. Mm, nah, me neither. You know, I, I, yeah, I ain't see, you know, nothing, nothing in reference to that or anything like that. You know. Um, let's hope Triller don't get don't win a fucking purse bid, man. They can't even do a fight. Yeah, they can't even pull off fights, man. If they. You know, they win in purse bids, but they can't even pull off fights. Uh, but I think I don't know, man. I think the thing with with what they did, they just went they just went way over the value of that particular fight, and then they wanted to try to you know make it like a joint you know event. So they wanted to make it a concert type of you know concert and, and boxing type of thing there, and. You know, initially, you know, even with it being when they originally scheduled it to be over in um, Miami, that wasn't a yeah, that wasn't a good look because you know you you have somebody that just won a world title, um, and you're gonna send them over to Miami where you know nobody really you know has that much you know overall interest in them. So uh, that kind of like is. Yeah, that was like a bad move on their part. Um, so you're gonna see like how this uh whole thing kind of like um you know turns out uh for that. So uh October, mm, man, I, I, don't be surprised if it <laughs> if they still have some type of issue with this particular bout. They, they and, told uh, they, the IBF said to both fighters got to get vaccinated. You know how to is. He said, like one way or the other, um, he he might not even fight whether it's vaccinated or not. Because either way, he's still under you know top rank, and you know what you know Bob Aaron says about all that. So, um, I I just I, something just tells me uh, that Teofimo Lopez is really interested in in you know fighting Cambosis for some strange reason. So, uh, you know that'll be that on that part. So, you better get interested because uh. He he done got he done been he he would have been off for what a year almost when he yeah, fight Loma in October, be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. fight was uh, October there against um, Lomachenko. So he yeah he got to get himself back active, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's another thing. Coming off the biggest win of your career, and you just disappear. Yep. But they, they they claim Jake Paul is bad for the sport. At least he done fought more more than all these fighters the last year and a half since uh. Man, since, since, fought four times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he stayed active and put no fights, which shouldn't be hard to do. Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be. But yeah, I I, I don't know, man. They they kind of like uh. Sometimes I don't know what it is with some of these fighters, though. But especially now, but they got to do something in order to, you know, it, I know that they have like these things where you know you had these TV deals with with the with the uh, organizations like the top ranks and the PBCs, whatever it is. But these fighters got to be able to get themselves in the in these cards, 
you know, um, one way or another. So you can't like sit there and be inactive. With, like, what else are you gonna do? You know? Yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating as a fan. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of potential to do a lot better than what they're doing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not fighting and disappearing. It's getting it's getting old. Yeah, I mean, like we, you know, we kind of like talked about it, uh, you know, in another uh, podcast or whatever it is. Like we see a lot of these guys that have been able to be in the ring. Yeah, well, I kind of like went over the 154 pound division and a lot of those guys, you know, haven't had a fight yet. You know, either that or they've had one fight, you know, so. Yeah, That's like Julian Williams, it. like J-Rock. Yeah, J-Rock was supposed to be part of the Take Davis uh, pay-per-view, you know. And, you know, he got out, for, you know, out was out due to COVID. And now he's, you know, we don't know what he's going to do next, you know. Um, get, get, get caught lacking like uh, Jared Hurd did. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. Definitely don't want that. Uh and I think I think uh, Hurd should Hurd should go ahead and run that back with Luis Arias, man. You know whether it's at one fifty four, one six, he needs to run that back. You know because that you know some uh, 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 a loss like that really halts your halts your career, man. It really puts your career on hold. Um, and you got like other guys like uh you know Tim Zhu out there, you know calling out guys like saying that he's ready to fight, you know Brian Castaño. Uh, there for that WBO belt or whatever it is, and uh, but I was like, man, and then turn yeah. around and then turn around and call out Tony Harrison. <laughs> I don't know, man. These these fighters, man. Look, Tony Harrison looked horrible in his last fight. So why is you calling him out? You know what I'm saying? Call out Charlo or call out what somebody that's, that's looking good that that to make a name for yourself. Call out Sebastian Fundor. Yeah, yeah, somebody, yeah. You know, uh, you know, maybe that, you know, maybe that would kind of like move the needle, you know, so to speak, when it comes to, you know, if you wanted, if uh, Tim Zhu wanted to make noise at one fifty four. Yeah, that's why I didn't like when these dudes calling out Adrian Broner. Broner is a Broner is not what he used to be. He's a name you could beat, yeah, but I mean, if you're a young dog, you're supposed to be calling out the other dogs, not. A faded fighter to get a payday. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, kind of like heard uh, my guy there, uh, Antoine, do that because uh, you know him beating the, you know him beating that guy, um, knocking him out <laughs> where Broner couldn't do that. Uh, yeah. But you know, you, like you got something where, um, like it, at one forty, you got the thing where um, the the IBF mandatory, I think. Uh, you know, was going to be open pretty soon. So they could, you know, go after that. But Man, it really, all them 140 fighters they got, they should be surrounding uh, Josh Taylor. Yeah. Yep. You know, they're going to keep that uh, top rank. They ain't going to let nobody outside of top rank touch Josh Taylor. Yep. So they, they could, like, you know, force, for, forces, force their hand and say, like, hey, we got this guy mandatory. He should, he should go ahead and fight a. Uh, Yo, Josh Taylor, but like you said, tiebreak gonna ha- ain't gonna have anybody. I, I'll tell you another one. I'll tell you another one. Oscar Valdez <clears throat> coming off the biggest win in his career. Yeah. No he turned around and he who was he fighting? Some dude. 
Ooh. Some dude I never even heard of. And it's on a Friday night. What is that? September yeah. 10th, I understand right? it's, his, his, it's his going back to his, his yeah, going home, back home. Yeah, his home, def- yeah, home defense of the belt. So he yeah, gets one of those things there. Uh, but if he if he to beat if he to beat if coming off of that let's say he fought Harry and beat Harry you, now now you fighter of the year yeah you know what I'm saying now you fighter of the year or if Harry beat him now he fighter you know what I'm saying yep but I don't know it seems like they just don't understand how to keep momentum going yeah it's it's yeah it's kind of like been a fairly uh. Down years to 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 a certain extent there from 2021. Like yeah, I mean, it's supposed to have like a little bit more things going, a little you know more activity uh, in the sport of boxing. Uh, have some more you know fights being uh, put together and, and whatnot. But you know it kind of like seems like it, it it almost is going backwards in a sense uh, when it comes to matchmaking and you know trying to get some good fights going. You know, Keith Thurman, he, Keith Thurman, he, he ain't doing nothing, which is kind of to be expected from him from this point. Taking two years off is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And this is like the second time he's doing it. And this time, and this time around, it ain't even for an injury. It's just, uh, he's just not active, man. I was like, yeah. And Mikey Garcia, you see, they canceled his fight. That was, that's. Um, well, it wasn't on the schedule, but yeah, it wasn't on the schedule. One but, and no. two, like, yeah, for me, I think Mikey Garcia is like, yo, if y'all go pay me this much, you know, to fight guys that <laughs> you know really ain't gonna get you know much of a return anyway, then yeah, I'll just fight anybody, pretty much fight anybody I want. You know, I I, I did what I did to. You know, try to fight uh, Errol Spence. You know, did that and, you know, got what I got. And then y'all going to pay me to fight Jesse Vargas. Then I guess hey, if y'all want to pay me that much money to fight guys like Jesse Vargas, then whoever y'all put up for me to fight, this is what I'm asking for. Yeah, he thought that was going to lead to that Pacquiao fight. Yeah, he did. He did. And that kind of uh, went by the wayside, yo. And that you know, Mikey Garcia was somebody that I thought would have uh, been someone to potentially fight like a Sean Porter too. But they, yeah, they didn't necessarily, they didn't even talk about that last year. Uh, so I'm like, man, like everybody looks like they're content with just chilling out and just you know sitting sitting around doing nothing and. You got like uh guys like you were, you were talking about the thing there with um you know Oscar Valdez, you know Valdez is out there um you know out there in um in the camp, and of course Canelo's got a fight. Uh, Andy Ruiz is recovering from you know surgery, so once he's you know cleared and everything like that, they're gonna see about having a fight set up for him. Don't know what that's going to be, uh. You know, you got, you got, you know, a few heavyweights out there that, you know, haven't been able to get themselves in the ring either. So, like, it, it just feels like, to me, it just feels like it's almost at the end of the year already if we don't have, you know, that many fights on the horizon that, you know, anyone's looking forward to, you know, outside of, 
you know, the Wilder Fury card and, you know, maybe potentially whoever Tank Davis is going to fight. Who you think he going to fight? Because he gave up the 130 belt. He gave up the 130 belt and the WBA said that he has a couple week wait. It was like a couple weeks or only a couple days or something that he had to make a decision on the either the 135 or the 140 title. And I said that after him relinquishing the 130, that he was going to fight his next fight is going to be a 135. And with that being said, and the way that the WBA uh, made their announcements, you know, removing the interim titles away from those that were holding it. And whoever was interim champ is the mandatory for the world champ. WBA is going to eventually order Tank versus Roley Romero. And I'm thinking that fight might happen. I think so, not, too. And it's only, it's only uh, Isaac Cruz that's left. But after the Tank fight against Barrios, you know, Floyd Mayweather was saying, like, uh, you know, we got we got a few guys that, uh, you know, uh, we got a few guys in Unstable that, uh, you know, take a fight and it'll be a great fight, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I'm thinking it, it, it's Roland Romero, man. You don't think Tank should take that chance at 147 against Thurman? Nah, man. Nah. I mean, nah, Thurman's been out over two years. You catch him, man. You catch him slipping. I mean, hey, he, he that would be something if they did, but I like I don't think that um you know Ford and LRB would kind of like have take take that chance there at, at this particular point. You know, um, they they had their momentum going, you know, with the thing with, um, you know, like I said, uh, having to fight against Leo Santa Cruz and now the thing here with Mario Barrios. Um, and so I think that they're going to, you know, kind of like match them up, you know, fairly well for the time being um, and then have them going up against someone like a Rolly Romero would probably work well. You know, I know that some some uh, folks say that Romero could build himself to be a real, real heel in the sport of boxing. But, like, right now, it, it just seems like we, we got to get these fights going. We got to get, you know, the biggest yeah. Romero should Romero should be fighting, like, a, a Pitbull Cruz, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, But, you know, having this thing there where – we we're a couple, you know, about over a week after, you know, Pacquiao Ugas, which could have been Pacquiao Spence. Um, you know, some people are saying like, yo, we need to get these big fights going as soon as possible because nothing's really guaranteed in the sport of boxing. So, whatever the best possible fight you could make uh, for, you know, who you have as a fighter, who you're trying to build as a fighter, go ahead and make it. And just get that thing going, you know. And another um, thing these fighters better realize is, hey, this we this this COVID ain't going nowhere. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We might end up shutting down again because it's getting bad, and they get new different variants of it that's more contagious. 
It's more deadlier. Y'all better get y'all fights in while you can. I mean, yeah, that yeah, it's not really going anywhere. So, you know, you gotta get as uh many good fights as you can because you know, like who knows with, with this type of stuff here. Um yeah, cause yeah, I I just think that they they should just go ahead and have this have these uh, fights happening sooner, uh, you know, rather than later. So that's the thing about it. Um, you know, I think there with uh, Tank Davis, like I, yeah, I just don't see him. I I don't see him fighting uh, Keith Thurman unless, you know, it, it would be like because the thing with Keith Thurman too, isn't he like asking for a good, you know good amount of money uh for a fight too so like what would be his guarantee to fighting tank davis you know just for a base purse with the pay-per-view i don't know probably like three three mil or so mm. yeah three million three million base mm. and then the, and then the pay-per-view uh back in for it so yeah, that, that's that. That would probably be a pretty hefty price, man. And and you know something like that, you know, it kind of like would say, <sighs> yeah, man, I don't know, because the way that the schedule is now, um, his uh, tanks plan of fighting in October, yeah, that's probably going to be pushed back to December. Uh, so, um, yeah, um, right, depending on this person, bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that too. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I think that you know the back end of uh, 2021 will will have like a couple of intriguing fights on the on there, uh, but you know we we just gotta have you know something that'll just like say whoa, I didn't expect this to happen. So maybe maybe Tank versus Thurman is that type of a fight, but I just don't see something like that happening now. You know what I mean? But hey, wilder things have happened before, so who knows? Yeah, if you want to keep talking about pay per view, those are the type of fights. You know, because I nobody's trying to I love Raleigh, but I ain't trying to watch no damn Raleigh versus Tank on pay per view. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So so that's uh something there that, you know, I'll uh you know be on the lookout for. But in the meantime, though, that that kind of like uh, sums up everything that I wanted to uh, cover here in this uh, particular episode. Shout out to Lefty uh, joining in, and also Mike Grady uh, jumping in here earlier. Uh, we'll get back at it uh, here uh, sometime next week, uh, so y'all be sure to tune in. But you know, like I said, at the end of every show, point of boxing is hitting like a hit and understand the trade. On that note, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. <laughs>